Hello, product innovators. Today, we learn from an expert who has worked on over 50 products, some of which exited for billions of dollars on the three key parts of physical product development. You're listening to the Product Startup Podcast, a show to learn from top leaders in product development, prototyping, manufacturing, product selling, and everything in between. Hosted by Kevin Macko, the leading expert on product development for physical product startups. Sponsored by PTC's two best-in-class 3D CAD product development software solutions, Onshape and Creo. And produced by Macko Design and Invent, the original firm providing world-class consumer product development services tailored specifically to startups, small manufacturers, and inventors. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm very excited to introduce Jonas Rinda to the show. Jonas is the founder of his latest product, Nimono, a portable podcasting device. Prior to that, he has had three major product exits totaling billions of dollars in acquisitions in addition to working on over 50 hardware products over the last 20 years. Today, Jonas is going to share some valuable knowledge for inventors, startups, and small manufacturers on the three key elements to building a great new physical consumer product device, and how each of those has led him to achieve billions of dollars in success with many hardware products. Now, on to the episode. Hey, Jonas, welcome to the show. Hi, nice to be here. Excited to have you on today to talk about the three wows of product design. I'll let you get into exactly what that is and helping new hardware startups and emerging scale-ups do the best that they can in developing a new product to be a big success. What better person to talk about than someone that's had major exits in the space, three phenomenal exits all out of Norway and all related to, or at least in part of the hardware space or in the hardware space or a combination hardware software product. So it's pretty phenomenal to see what you've accomplished over your 20 year history in developing over 50 products. Today, Love to talk to you about what we're doing in terms of helping these designers. Before we get there, uh, first of all, congratulations on that big article on TechCrunch recently about your most recent product, Nimono. Thank you, Kevin. It's been a journey. It's been fun. As you mentioned, three wows is something uh, I'm a strong believer on. It's an easy way method that I've been using along the way. As you mentioned, probably 50-ish around products there. In my design process and developing solutions, um, I usually start with myself. I use myself as the customer, as the user. I think I have pretty high expectations on products I use myself, but also pushing that over to products and products I work on myself. When it comes to three wows, it's so important for me when we build concepts is to have the first wow being how you get to know the brand, the product, the looks of it. Really would like it to be inviting. So you're not scared about your product or scared uh, to use it. It should have an uh, approachable design from a perspective. And, and to get there, Kevin, you know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, but it's so important to get the first wow in place that the product and the solution is inviting for the user. And the second wow is then when you start using the product, what kind of information do you get? What kind of feeling do you get when you're using the product? Do you feel you're in control? Do you like what you're doing with this product? And then number three, it's also very important in terms of the wow, that's kind of to close the circle, is the experience you sit with after you've been using the product was enjoyable moment. And the key thing here is to get to a position where the user feels he or she want to do this again. They want to go back and do this. When they feel that, they trust the product, they have a good experience. That's usually also what I'm going to tell the family, friends, and colleagues. And that's when you get into a bit of a viral effect. Like, hey, come on, you should try this out. It's super easy. It solves this and this and this. And it, it makes me shine, or at least it gives me a good experience. I mean, that's a clear parallel to all the products I've been working on. Taking the latest now in, in Numono, we have put in a lot of effort into a compelling human design or product. Some call it looking like an Apple product, but I think that's a compliment, you know, rounder shape. But it also looks different compared to the other technology you have 
where we target right now the podcast and the audio and the microphone industry, where it's been pretty well status quo for the last 10, 20 years. So we come in with something new and it has so much technology built inside and it's super complex. It's like 12 microcontrollers, but the product should not reflect that. The product should reflect an ease of use, something inviting, something that people can start to use without being afraid. So that's for the first one. And also, if you go to our webpage, you probably see we put a lot of effort into brand, tone and voice, also make it more human and inviting. And if you compare it to competitors, they are probably having a more techy approach, a lot of more specifications, performance numbers, and what have you. We don't talk about that. We just talk about the human interaction. And that's the thing with our product right now. It's the, I wouldn't go into the philosophic area, but you know, we really believe that we are in a part of the human evolution in terms of how we tell stories. And the whole purpose with Nomono is to capture those stories as they're being told. And the end result now I'm jumping to the wow factor number three there, but I'll come to number two as well with today's solution. Is when you listen into this, you're putting the listener inside the story. You can immerse yourself into the story because we are then using spatial audio and the latest old battles. That's the third wow with our product. So just kind of get the wow number one with pneumonia, as I mentioned for you. Make it inviting. People want to use it. Number two is when you're using the product, the wireless microphones. So... What happens is when you stop using our product, the technology goes away. And that is a red thread with all the products I've been working on. Because when they're in use, we want to kind of make the technology go away. So we as human can focus on the action we're supposed to do. If it's meeting people, talking, and now with the moment of course, recording audio. And we have been also to notice, like when you do podcasts and you forget about the technology, the dialogue becomes much more warmer, much more interesting. Because sometimes when you sit in a studio, for example, they have big membrane microphones in front of you. It might be a get when you get a little bit stiff or get a bit nervous. Or so like when you're sitting in a sofa, for example, talking with your friends in a more kind of loose setting. And we see that can also improve. So that's like wow number two with our solution. When you use it, feel comfortable, be yourself. And then the number three, I was always talking about that, but that's why we kind of when you listen what you just recorded, you go like, wow, did I do that? This sounds really professional. This is really high quality audio. So the feeling here is to give at least our users and customers this kind of, let's call it audio superhero powers. And we want to be the ones providing that to people. I love how you've broken it down into those three (laughs) key elements. Essentially, if I look at those, the first is really capturing the person's interest. How do you pique them to look at your product potentially on a store shelf or to identify with it on an ad or to believe in it on a, maybe it's a crowdfunding campaign or whatever the case is. You need to have this modern, beautiful, inviting, which is a keyword you use, product to really capture their attention. So that's the first wow. And then that brings you into the second, which is well, what happens when they actually use it? You want to have, a, and I like how you mentioned it, a very complex technology that leads to a very simple user interaction. And that is the key in really good product design and good industrial design, mechanical engineering, electronic engineering. The key is you are dealing with new technologies, complexities, all that sort of stuff, but great design leads to a very simple user experience. And it should definitely not be the other way around. And realistically, if you've done one and two very well, that should lead you to three, which is where you get a fan. You've got an actual fan who is a raving customer about your product. That fan will want to refer the product to other people. And the reason they're a fan is because you really accomplished some sort of incredible value for them. You got them hooked to the solution or in avoiding the pain point that your product helped solve the problem for. Yeah, I guess you also know that, Kevin, but it sounds so simple. I think that's key as well to get into these three steps. 
But under the hood and all the work, you need to always balance. And as you say, you have probably a product with a lot of technology in it, a lot of interest around it, which is good. But then it's always these, what we call the feature creeps, the ask for adding things more. You know, within a mono product, we're going in to talk to professional audio technicians and producers. They're super skilled in their profession. Have very good trained ears and know exactly what to do with the audio to make it sound good. The challenge there is that they have their legacy of microphone and technology they use today, and they invest a lot of time and money in that. So they are pretty secure in how to use those tools, but that doesn't scale. And that's where we come in with a solution much more easier to use. However, though, you always get the ask, could I plug in my microphones to your solution? What about this and what about that? And that goes back to we have to be strong in our focus because this is a revolutionary new product and you will get those challenges while you're developing and designing. So here is also important tip to everyone to kind of listen in, but do your own decision and analysis of what you should implement in your solution. Because I've seen it so many times in the beginning, you have a pretty clear view, at least where I come from, what you want to do and bring to the world. But during those years of development, there's so many other factors that comes in that you need to stay strong. And of course, sometimes you need to listen to challenge the idea you have, which is good. But then again, the strong belief you have kind of push it through all well, these quotes from Steve Jobs. But it's about this with focus, especially when you do product design. And we have the phases where we do easy research, you know, you kind of expand out and then you work your way down to go back into the focus. That's when you start with the concept and then you do your prototype builds, you test them with pilot customers, you get feedback, you go kind of out broad and then you kind of narrow in again. And in the end, you have this, I wouldn't call it the holy grail or your precious thing, but after some development cycles there, of course. I love how you mentioned a few key things here that all interact, feature creep and focus, which leads to developing your first, let's call it minimum viable product of your thing that you're going to release to the market. It's a very difficult thing for startups and inventors, especially to do when they're developing a product. You want to add all these bells and whistles in. And then that compounds exponentially when you start getting all of this feedback, whether it's friends or family or actual users, they all want to add these bells and whistles that they think would be cool on a thing as well, which is really interesting to hear from you. That's built so many products, huge mega exits on these products. You still to today, even with all those resources available to you, you still focus on your core product that you want to build in a key market vertical. You cannot be everything to everyone with a new product launch. And that's a huge misconception amongst inventors. We definitely see a a lot at Maco Design where people come in and they say, I want to capture basically every market and we need to have this and that and whatever because we have to get the kids and the adults and this nation and this type of person and all this sort of stuff. So they try to make like the universal product from day one. It's difficult enough to make a new product with a new technology that hits all of these three wow factors, even with an MVP, let alone compounding the complexity by all this feature creep. And it's just great to hear it from you with so much success that that's still the core to what you see in developing a great product and how to focus when you're going through those exercises of figuring out what features you must have, would like to have, and probably can save for another day. Yeah, that's so important. And I mean, that's always the challenge there. So you have to be strong in the research you have done, uh, but also in the dialogue with the end user to kind of balance it out. And then it's also the priorities of that, priorities over time. 
So and you mentioned MVP is super important to nail and define what your MVP are and is target you have for that, the budgets you have, the resources and everything. And then all the interest you get along the way. Yes, there might be parts of the MVP you can change out or tune in or take out. And then also you have the timeline thinking in terms of the different versions you can get out of the MVP as well. You know, the funny thing is, and I think that has happened every time, is you get so much input and feedback while developing your hardware product or software product that during that you already realize what should be the product number two or right. product number three. Because that's what at least I do and with my team. Thanks for the feedback. Awesome feature. Does it fit this product or not? No, it's out of scope. That's a good idea. Okay, let's put it in the freezer for product number two or product number three. And then while you work with your new product, you still have the opportunity to start almost concurrent engineering on the second product because you get so much ideas and feedback on your first product. So you aggregate. And that could be a product that is going in different vertical, different market. It could be expensive. It could be cheaper. But then again, just a tip. Don't throw those ideas away. Organize them and structure them because there you might have your facelift or your second product. So, and that helped me over the years as well. And I think if you look on my track record, you can see that as well. I'm a big fan of uh, building portfolios because in the first place, you want to nail the first product, but there's almost never one product for everyone or for every market. So back to focus. That's usually the hard thing to scale down to the MVP that we talked about. That's very powerful for somebody psychologically dealing with cutting out those features because it's tough. You look at the product and you say, yeah, but it would be so great if it just had this extra thing on it. How can I justify taking that away when I feel like I'm reducing the quality or the output of the product? But what you do is you put it into the vault. Let's call it the brain vault for potential future versions. So you can kind of have your cake and eat it too. Look at your first version as testing the core technology. Get a really beautiful, simple, modern, reliable, well-designed, well-developed, manufacturable first version that really is just solving that core technology that you're trying to build. But don't lose track of all these things that may be your version two, your pro version, your cheaper version, your you know discount version for mass market, whatever it might be, all these different verticals. And as you mentioned, that may build into a future portfolio of products for your business around that original core technology, but have the comfort knowing when you're making that first MVP that it's okay to reduce those let's call it feature creeps, those great ideas when you're putting them in the vault going forward. Also, we've had a number of experts on the show that talk about the sales and marketing side of things. And it's just a quick side note that it is easier for marketing professionals to sell a simple product than a complicated one. So if you're afraid of having less sales because you haven't addressed maybe what you believe is a total addressable market, know that that's a fallacy. You're actually going to sell more the simpler you make that original product, the more focused, the less people that you try and target, but the more specifically that you try and target that smaller group of people, all of that will actually lead to a bigger launch success than feature creeping all these ideas into the product. Very good point. And maybe not using the mono too much as an example, but you know, we've been working on this for almost four years now. It's kind of the one that's most. But the thing is, for example, with the mono is we're targeting the poll casting, the content craze, the storytellers, uh, verbal. but And that's our focus. And that's the first market entry point. But there's no limitation what you can use the microphones for. And we know, and we have feedback from pilot customers that we use it for other things than podcasting. And that's fine. And so music, for example, 
we're not going to go into music now. We're not going to train the AI for that. But then again, it's high quality microphones. They're wireless uh, and they have a need, they feel a purpose also for people doing music and also video content creators. Uh, we have one guy who's very keen on using uh, DJI drones for his content. And using our microphones together with that is an awesome opportunity for him to kind of mic up the people that is doing some activities below the drone. And then he can just sync it up in his, uh, his work tools as well. So, uh, so it's a, yeah, it's a balance. And I just want to also stretch the, take it to the streets. So where you start somewhere with an idea and a concept, you build that, you get money on board, you build a team, you build a product and everything. And you have customers interaction along the way by pilot and better customers uh, testing it out. But then when it gets into the, what do you call take it to the street? Uh, that's so, at least for me, motivated to see what especially creators do, uh, using solutions in different areas and different ways that you hadn't thought of. Uh, I think that is amazing. And we started already to see that with the beta on, on the Mona as well. And then it goes back to us in terms of luxury problem, what they're using our product for. Is there something we should continue supporting? And now with the Mona, we're heavily investing in AI and training that with data models. Uh, for now, it's around uh, verbal, spoken language, uh, what, you, what you have around that. But then again, there's opportunities, you know, if somebody's using it for other things, like, for example, uh, music. Uh, but also, you can use it for live events. It's a wireless microphone, so you don't have to use a post-processing. And that's also interesting. It's not target focus for us, but yeah. And that's, I think, at least for me personally, is the big motivation of doing this over and over again, is when you see it get in the hats of people, uh, how to start using it and the experience they get from it. That feedback loop is so critical because yeah. even if you're trying to consider what features you should or should not have, know that if you focus on your MVP and get that to market, you're going to have this massive base of initial users who are generally pretty passionate about a product. Most people who get into new products or are willing to like beta test, they're either very wealthy and they can just buy it, which is great. You can get your margin or they're the must-have buyers. So they're they're the, the gadget folks that want the latest and greatest thing, and they really care about this stuff. They're usually a lot easier to get feedback, especially let's say your first 100 customers, because you can literally, as the founder, reach out to each and every one of them via email, via phone, ask for some feedback, and you'll find that a lot of them will give you really candid, honest feedback. What better way to make the decisions about how you're going to evolve your product or what features you are going to add to it going forward than from your actual customers themselves, who, funny enough, may end up being the future buyers. If you follow Jonas's three-step rule, that third wow factor is getting them to be a raving fan, which will likely lead them into being a repeat buyer as you release your version 2.0 or your pro version or simply your next year version. As we see the craze with the iPhone of how many of those users will buy the latest edition just because it's the latest one, right? And this is the sort of brand passion that you want to be building right from day one, this is what works if you follow that three-step wow process that Jonas is explaining here. Any last tips before uh, we let you go here as we're wrapping up? I always say keep it simple uh, or keep it stupid, simple, simple, stupid. So it's, <laughs> it's super important. And I mean, we are working in industry and I think we can start for ourselves. We are pretty interested early adopters. We like new tech, we like features and what have you. Uh, but you know, always challenge yourself to try to get the MVP down, get the complexity down, focus on the simplicity. And as you said, Kevin, it's so true. 
a product that is easy to use, it's also easy to sell, but it's also easy to understand, which is most important for the user, which is the key thing here. Because if the user can't understand or use it, well, then it's no value. And this last thing also, make sure when you bring a new product into market that it replaces other things. So you want to bring something that replaces complexity. You don't want to add complexity. And that's, I think, is also super important to remind if you want to build a successful uh, product. This has been fantastic advice. Much appreciated for your words of wisdom. Helping emerging startups get their product designed the right way so that they become the next big success. Thanks again for all your words of wisdom and looking forward to talking to you again. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Much appreciated. Take care then. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast. If you found some value in the show, please do us a huge favor and leave us a quick five-star review. If you have any questions, guest suggestions, or anything else, feel free to reach out to us anytime at our email, podcast at macodesign.com. That's podcast at macodesign.com. This show is hosted by Kevin Macko, North America's leading expert on product development for physical product startups. Huge thanks to our sponsors, PTC, and their two best-in-class 3D CAD product development software solutions, Onshape and Creo, and Macodesign design and invent the original firm providing world-class consumer product development services tailored specifically to startups small manufacturers and inventors thanks for joining and see you next time